As we start our new year today, we start it with your word. And so we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to us today to work through your word and to strengthen us in our faith and to make us confident about the new year and to make us excited about life as your children. Bless our sermon time today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our sermon text comes from 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17, and then verse 24 and 25. John writes, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. This is the word of our God. Have you ever played Scattergories? Let's have a show of hands. Anybody ever played Scattergories? It's a fun game, I think. It's kind of a classic game. And for those few, or if there's any poor soul watching online who hasn't played Scattergories, here's how it works. First, you have that uh, die with all the letters of the alphabet, and you roll it, and you pick your letter. And then you set your timer, which I think is for three minutes. And then you have to think of 12 different words that start with that letter. And it, it, it has to be from a specific topic, so the words will be like types of birds, right? Or types of household appliances, or um, things that bounce, or whatever. You have these different categories, and you've got to fill in for the letter. And then when the timer beeps, time's up, no more writing, all the players go around the table, and they say what they had for each category. And then, in my childhood, this was where the real game started, which is where you start to argue and debate about whether each answer actually fit the criteria or whether it was too much of a stretch. And so, like, a small amount of our game was the three-minute timer filling in the answers. The rest of the game was arguing about whether people's answers would count. So different categories were more uh, controversial than others, but there was one category that always got people frustrated, resulted in some debate, and the category was called Things You Throw Away. So there's some obvious answers to this, like depending on what letter you had, maybe you could put banana peels or wrapping paper or garbage, right? There's obvious things that you throw away. But as we would play the game and go around the table, it became clear that you could almost list anything that you could think of, and you could make a case that eventually this object would be thrown away. Like toys or tools or things in your house or the actual house itself or jobs, or pets, or people. Sometimes somebody would write down the name of one of the other players as things you throw away. They'd say, well, technically someday you're going to die, and your body's going to be thro thrown away. And it's like, technically they're, they're right. Like, technically there were no wrong answers. It was the one category of the game where you could write anything that you wanted and you would never be wrong. Things that you throw away. And that's because, as we know, nothing lasts forever. Eventually, everything gets thrown away. Even our Christmas presents, like we talked about with the kids, sad as that is. 
So the Apostle John knew this truth, not from the game of categories, but you know, from life and from God. And so he said in our text, don't love the world or anything in the world, for the world and all of its desires pass away. You could list anything in this world, and I guess if we had more time, we could make this a challenge. You know, what is going to last beyond the last day? And all of this stuff, all of the objects, it's all going to be gone. A different apostle, Peter, he wrote in one of his letters, and he said, the heavens at the last day will disappear with a roar. So the heavens themselves. And the elements will be destroyed by fire. The elements themselves. The earth and everything in it will be laid bare. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth the home of righteousness. So even though we think of all the things of this world being destroyed and gone, it doesn't fill us with sadness, or at least it shouldn't, because the things of this world are imperfect. They're broken, they're flawed, and so are we. But what we are going to get is a new heaven and a new earth, full of new things, inhabited by new bodies, bodies that are perfect and strong and designed to live forever. We're going to be new people, living in a new place, And that's because through Jesus, we've become sons and daughters of God. We've become heirs to his kingdom. So we're looking forward to this, as funny as it sounds, right? The day that our world gets destroyed, because we know we're going to get a new and better one. But right now, we're not in the new and better one. For now, we're still sitting here in this world where everything is passing away. And so it just leads us to ask the question, Are we viewing our world and its stuff the way that we should? Are we treating temporary things like temporary things? And are we treating lasting things like lasting things? Or is it possible that maybe we get a little bit mixed up? So New Year's is a time for introspection, right? And we ask the kids, is last year any different than this year? Apparently they all felt like it is, but like what we say, calendars are a construct. Time is a construct. It's just another day. You know, we made up this particular 365-day year. All that is true. But it's good to have these times in life where you can just sort of pause and look back and say, how was the last year? And then pause and look forward and say, how do I want my new year to be? So today's the day where people all over the world are doing this and they're saying, what did my life look like in 2022? What do I want my life to look like in 2023? So all we're going to do this morning in our sermon is we're going to look at both the old year and the new year in the light of these passages from 1 John. So let's start with the old year. Let's look at these verses and think about them with 2022 in mind. Think back to your year. Here's what John says. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it comes not from the Father, but from the world, and the world and its desires pass away. So, first point I think is pretty clear. There are some things that this temporary world values that are clearly wrong. They're clearly sinful. They don't come from the Father. They don't contribute to the kingdom of God. They don't help anyone in the long term. And so there are things in this world that we should not be doing. And John lists a few of these things. 
Um, the first one he lists, or it's actually the second one, but the first one we're going to talk about is the lust of the eyes. It's 2023 now. Uh, we know how, how our world is. We know how our internet is. There's all kinds of things out there in our world that our eyes should not be looking at. It's a good chance for us at the pause of a new year to look back and say, how was 2022? Were there times when our eyes looked at things that they should not have been looking at? The lust of the eyes. John also talks about the lust of the flesh, and maybe with that word lust we're thinking of specific things, but this is actually a much broader category, that lust means desire. So this is the desire of the sinful flesh. It's the desires of my sinful nature. In other words, wanting things that God says are wrong. And this could go a couple different ways. So we could, our sinful flesh could desire bad things to do bad things, like hard drugs, or a life of crime, or bullying people around us, right? We'd say, these are bad things that I should not be doing. But it's tricky. It gets deeper, because I think the desires of the flesh could also be good things that we elevate to a point where they're no longer good anymore. Uh, good things that we elevate to the point where our whole life is revolving around them, it's almost as though they've become for us our God. So look back at your 2022, and I look back at mine, and we say, what bad things, what clearly bad things were we drawn to, but also, what good things were we tempted to elevate beyond what they should have been? Could it be money, possessions, popularity with your friends, advancement in your job? Or maybe it's something else, but were there things in our life that were so important to us that we were willing to cut the corners and break the rules and do things that were wrong in order to obtain them. And if so, even good things can become bad things, thanks to our sinful flesh. And then John lists one more. He says uh, the pride of life is another thing that's, you know, all over this world and it's attractive to us. So as we view our world correctly, what we should be saying is, I've got these short-term blessings for a while in this life. You know, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to enjoy them and use them to the best of my ability. But instead, what we're tempted to do is when blessings come into our life, that we take the credit. Uh, as though we gave ourselves the privilege and the opportunity and the skills and all these things that God actually gave to us. And now we're taking credit for all of us on our own. So think back for yourself in 2022. What good things happened in your year that you were tempted to turn into your own thing to be proud of instead of a blessing to thank God for? We can all evaluate our own year. We can spend a long time doing it. But it's not hard to come to the point. There were times during the past year when we all got our priorities twisted. Right? There are times in the past year when all of us sinned. But thankfully, we have a God who loves us enough to deal with our sin. And that's what John reminds us of at the end of our verses. He says, As for you... See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And you're going to remain all the way until the thing that he promised us, eternal life. So make sure that what you had from the beginning remains in you. So now we're saying, okay, well, what, what did they have from the beginning? To figure out that question, I went back to the beginning of his letter. 
And found in the very first verse, John talks about the beginning and kind of the foundational truths. And here is what he says. This is 1 John 1, chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. What is John talking about? The life that was with the Father and has now appeared to us. The thing which was eternal, but now he's seen it with his eyes and even touched him with his hand. He's talking about Jesus. It's actually very similar to how John starts his gospel, where he talks about, in the beginning was the Word, but then the Word became flesh, and we have seen his glory. John is talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God from all eternity, who came into our world and has appeared to us. Now, what is so important about that Son of God who came into our world at Christmas and appeared to us? These, I think, are the most important verses of this whole letter. Verse 8 and 9 of chapter 1. This is what Jesus does. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We just looked back at our 2022, and we admitted it to ourselves. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. And the reason I say that's the most important verse in the book of 1 John is because it's so incredibly clear. Like, you can't read this verse and try to pretend that you're not sinful. If we say we're not sinful, we're lying. But we also cannot read this verse and take in what it says and think that we're going to run out of forgiveness or that God is not going to love us. When we confess our sins to God, he is faithful to his promises of forgiveness. He is just, and his justice was poured out on Jesus, not us, on the cross. And so he will forgive us our sins and will purify us from how much unrighteousness? Well, from all of it. From all of it. And so this is the effect of that eternal God who became a person and came into our world is he purifies us of our sins every single time. And he connects us to God's eternal kingdom. So what this does really is it brings us back to that picture from Psalm 90. We read Psalm 90. We said it was written by Moses like 3,500 years ago. Uh, and it was about people popping up like the grass of the field and then fading away like the grass of the field. So again, if you're playing scattergories, you have the letter G for things you throw away. You could probably write grass, eventually. Or if you have the letter F, you could write flowers, eventually. Because all those plants pop up so bright and fresh in the springtime, and then by the hot summer heat in Israel, or by the fall maybe in Atlanta, they wither and they die. Just like people, right? Generations pop up and they fade away. Generations come and generations go. But there's one thing that stands forever. It's God and his word and his promises. So in light of all this, do you realize what Jesus did when he came into our temporary world is he has grabbed hold of us with his forgiveness for us, with his Holy Spirit that he sent into our hearts, and he has made us a part of the one thing that is eternal. 
So here we are moving into 2023, and we hope it's going to be a better year, and some things will be better, and some things will be maybe worse. It's, this world is, is broken, and it's crumbling, and it's falling apart. But as the world is falling apart around us, we are not falling apart. Because of Jesus, we are now eternal. You are connected to God. You are already a part of God's heavenly kingdom, even though you just aren't sitting there yet. And so you just picture like the world falling to ash and being swept away, and you're still standing, moving forward onto heaven with your God, with your Savior. And so that's why John reminds his people, you know, even though he's talked about sin and struggle, and John reminds us, even though we've thought about our sins and struggles, there's really only one thing that we need to do. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. And if it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. What a valuable thing to take with us into this new year. Despite our struggles and sins from last year, despite the struggles and sins of our whole lifetime, there's only one thing we need to do. It's hold on to our faith in Jesus. Because he has already done everything that is necessary to connect us to God's eternal kingdom and to prepare for us a seat in heaven. So, having been reminded of all of these things, what then is our attitude moving into 2023? People make uh, New Year's resolutions. Right? This is something we talked about before and maybe asked you if you have resolutions or plans for the new year. It's a good time to evaluate and, and say, am I going to change things? So I looked up online, um, what are the top New Year's resolutions? And these were a couple that I found. Improving your diet. Improving your exercise program. Starting a new hobby. Reading one new book every week. Those are pretty good resolutions. It could make for a good year, and maybe uh, some things would be going well in 2023, but none of those things are going to last forever. Your body, your health, your strength, your expanding mind, your expanding skill set, you know, all this whole world is temporary. None of the resolutions that most of us make are going to last. But there is one thing that lasts, as we're reminded from Psalm 90. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And what does the word of the Lord tell you? You're God's child right now. You're going to be in heaven one day, but you're God's child right now. And so you can let your, your light shine right now to a world that is crumbling around you and searching for hope and searching for an anchor and for something meaningful. You are here right now to shine God's light into our world. So the encouragement from John for your new year is to keep what you already have. Hold on to your faith. Build your faith through God's word. And that is going to enable you to steer away from things that are a waste of your time. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, everything that's so shallow. And instead to fix your eyes on what's truly important and on that perfect Savior who's going to carry you not just through this new year, but who's going to carry you into eternity. May God grant that to all of us, for Jesus' sake.